Listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Alec, aka Smart Alec, new Messiah of X Force. What's going on, my man? Not much. It's uh, good to be back. It's just good to have you back. I've been I've been excited, um, and I was particularly excited when I saw what you were playing at LVO, and you were rocking X Force, and. I was like, this is a cool roster. I, I I wanted to talk to you about it before you did well with it. That's what I was <laughs> saying. And then you did very well, which only makes the episode better. So awesome. um, you ended up fourth overall? Yes. I'm not looking at the yep. list. Basically, it came down to DeLuca got third because the Guardians that he lost to got first. Yep. And you got fourth because the Guardians that you lost to got second. Yep. Um, Got second. Yeah, was what came down. Got it. Got it. Okay. But I was curious because you, you play a lot of different affiliations. And so I was kind of curious, post WTC, what, what made you decide that X-Force was the thing that you wanted to explore? Because obviously, you're not going to bring something to LVO that you're not feeling comfortable with. Yeah. So um, originally, I was thinking of keeping on the Webware's train, taking a little break to try out some of the new core stuff, especially in Hydra. Um, okay. And uh, and I thought I was bringing Webware's enough that I bet that there would be a Webware's in the top four. That was a beer bet with you that I still need to uh, <laughs> cash out. I have a desk to pay. Well, I'm sure we'll find a yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is good that you remember because I had totally forgot when you told me and we were over there. You're like, by the way, oh, you a beard? No webs in, uh, in w- yeah. no webs in top four. I, it would have been funny if I gave it to you at the beginning of the day because there wasn't even a webs in top eight. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but that would have been just kind of funny if you just showed up. Yeah, and you're like, here's, here's a beard. Here's your I was like, what? <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank gracias. Uh, um, but yeah, I uh, we had a local three person team event uh, that I was uh, playing in and. Uh, my two teammates ha- had already picked their style of roster, and this team event uh, restricted your crises. You could only take one of each crisis card. So okay. uh, I had one teammate playing Hellfire and going the scoring route, one teammate playing Cabal and going the full attrition on ease route, um, and that left me uh, with a whole bunch of the most uh, unpopular crises the, but things like you know fisk which is Deadly actually Meteors, a really good spot Batman, for x-force you know yep, spider portals uh like senators uh i think the hellfire player had um paranoia but all these like i i decided to uh make a list of all the characters i thought were good on whatever crises are left over here. Um, and there were a couple of options there. I think I, I narrowed it down from all the characters to 48 uh, that I thought were, were good on these kinds of crises. Um, and some other forerunners were uh, Avengers and X-Men, especially with a bunch of pay to flips. Uh, but I felt like I wanted to try new X-Force and that they, uh, there's a lot of, the kind of a mix between the two. There's a lot of overlap with both uh, what I wanted to bring in Avengers and uh, X-Men kind of overlapped with the X-Force characters really well. And I, I think that's worth hitting on in the moment. I think one of the really, really fun things about X-Force, besides just having some really cool models in general, is that you really do get to explore a, a crisis part of the game that's different than almost everything else. Right. Where you you don't go all play the pay to flips, but you can like mix in some and you can play center stuff. But you're also kind of weirdly good at Fisk. And, you know, you you get you really and like you're not bad at senators. You're not the best at senators, but you're probably better at senators than most 
uh, other affiliations. And so if someone's listening to this and they're just trying to figure out if they want to get into uh, X-Force, I think I think a big appeal is just that you get to experience a different part of the crisis game, which is just fun. Yeah, a, a big part of why, you know, after the that event in November, I, uh, well, early December, I stuck with X-Force is because I thought it would give me an edge to play these unpopular crises, right? You have the two polarized edges of the game right now with people bringing ease and trying to fight and people bringing the D's and infinity and just trying to score out. Um, and by playing crises that people aren't practiced on, I would, I would have an edge in our games. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. So, did you? How did that event go? Did it? Yeah, obviously, you ended up liking X Force, or at least feeling like something was there. But did you do well with them at that event? Uh, I went two and one. I lost to um, Carl's Hellfire, uh, which I found to be kind of a problem matchup. Hellfire in in general, <laughs> um, and they're pretty good. Yeah, turns out um, I have since brought in you know more tools to, to deal with that, um, than that, that initial roster I had, but, uh, otherwise it felt good. I was able to beat web warriors on, um, I think it was cosmic invasion and senators, um, because I was bringing senators myself, um, having a lecture there felt very good. Um, and just having her plus Psylocke have these mystic attacks that can really pierce through a lot of the, uh, more defensive webs uh, felt very good. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you at least liked the uh, the bring the bring the grunt. It, yeah it it's just it felt so important to have the grunt pick up a senator and round one and then usually by the time you pick it up your opponent can't really put any attacks into them or doesn't want to. Um, and they just start walking away with the grunts and they don't really have the movements to chase them down. Um, and it's not really a top priority for them, but, uh, there were some, uh, clenching moments where I needed, uh, uh, Electra to survive so I could keep more so I could keep the grunts alive than anything yes. else. <laughs> Yeah, that is why the the Daredevil versus Electra gets interesting. Like, obviously, the Electra attack type is really interesting and it's useful in the webs matchup. And but then sometimes, like, that's just that durability on Daredevil is really nice. I could, I, I think both are really, really viable options. But so you did well, and so you kept practicing it. When did you kind of know that this was what you were going to bring to LVO? When did you start feeling comfortable enough that you were kind of one hundred percent? There was a another local event that was a, just a regular singles event in early January here that I brought them to, and um, that's where I knew I would be bringing them to LVO. But I wasn't sure if I would still play them. I was still waffling between them and Webs. Um, and I did pack all those characters, um, with me. So <laughs> just in case, just in case. But I think at some point on like Friday, I realized I could be one of a ton of webs players. I haven't super practiced it cause I've been playing X-Force more lately. So I should really just stick with the X-Force that I've been playing with. That makes sense. So looking at the roster that you decided to bring to LVO, you have some relatively obvious stuff in here. You know, you have Cable, you have Psylocke, you have Deadpool, you have X-23. Um, Domino's a slightly interesting point. I mean, there's never really a spot that Domino's bad. She can be just a really randomly survivable three threat. I was curious if there was any specific situations or specific reasons why you felt like Domino makes the cut or like, was there a particular list that you really liked at a particular threat level or anything like that? Uh, there is. Um, so initially I, you know, I had Domino and then I cut her cause I wanted everyone to be able to scoot and shoot. So she became yeah. Zemo for a long time. Um, that makes sense. and I was yeah. playing honey badger as my two threat. Um, and I was talking with Dizzard and realized that I needed my two threat to score. Um, mostly because 17 threat exists. 
Uh, I didn't want to be forced to bring f- only four scoring characters plus Honey Badger, um, or just or you get trapped into playing four threes, right? Um, yeah. So I kind of wanted that um, the option to bring a four threat with me at seventeen threat, basically. Um, so when yeah. Honey Badger turned into uh, Bullseye, I wanted another affiliated character. Uh, and I didn't want any of the other affiliated force. So Domino made her way back in. Um, the biggest reason to have her is it lets me play six wide at 20, um, which while also bringing uh, Invincible Iron Man, uh, which yeah, I can see that. is a consideration for dealing with hulks on scoundrels. So if my opponent wins Pryo pulls their secures and scoundrels. I get to pick 20 threats and I now have a Helios laser to help take down this big Hulk. So let's talk about the bullseye spot for a minute, sure. because I think which I, I agree with Dizzard and this is a conversation that Dizzard and I've had at length. And I was actually really surprised that he wasn't fully on the honey badger train, but it shows just how much I think he's trying to play X-Force at their best. Um, but which two to bring? Uh, I played Okoye at the WTC, but that was largely because I I didn't have very many options left. Right. Um, I my instinct at the time was that I would have preferred Wong, but Bullseye is a really solid character. Did you test anything else out in this slot, or did you go straight to Bullseye? How did that kind of work? Uh, out? I went straight to Bullseye. Um, I didn't. Part of how this roster is built as I want everything to be a threat. So having okay. Wong yeah. just not be able to contribute to the attrition um, isn't kind of took him off the table for me. Maybe if I was running Wolverine and could like power up the charge round one, I would consider, yeah. well, I would consider Wong more, but uh, without that there, I, um, I wanted, I wanted bullseye, especially because he's very good at babysitting a back D um, which I would probably need him for. Fair, fair. All right. I love the spectacular Spider-Man inclusion. From the very first moment I started putting this character on the table, I was like, holy shit, this character just does a little bit of everything. And you definitely need at least one like splash three in X-Force that you can be really comfortable with. And I... I wish that Spectacular Spider-Man had been available. Well, I don't know. It would have made match. Uh, we're not going to talk about WC sure. that much. But really cool character. And uh, I, I, I just enjoy him in just about anything. And I still think he's super underplayed at the moment. Did you... Was there a specific role? Or is it just that you found that he was a generalist that you could kind of play whenever? Like, what was the decision here with, uh, with Spec? I, I wanted the control. Um, I was waffling between him and Sam as that last three threat slot uh, for a while. Yeah, and I, I just, uh, especially with Hellfire being a bad matchup, I wanted someone that could control um, control three threats and like throw Hellfire, throw Lizard off a size point. Size three? Size, yeah, yeah, size three throw characters. Throw size threes. Um, fairly oh, consistently. Yeah. He follows the, the scoot and shoot mentality with his place. Um, or the elusive trigger on his attack. Um, he was just a, a solid can... workhorse. It, an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people think about with Spectacular Spider-Man and X-Force is a character like Black Cat can be kind of problematic for X-Force because you're, you're not exploding crits into her, you're not re-rolling into her. But Spectacular Spider-Man can like kick her for a point of damage, chuck a size 3 into her, and then she's just dead. Yeah. So, and... Well, size 3 character, but yes. Um, yeah, right. but like, yeah, having, having an extra, um, pr- character that also puts pressure on the opponent's brace, uh, is very helpful. Uh, I mean, I think kind of important. Yes. Otherwise your opponent always knows to save it for cable turns, right? That's the only thing they're going to use it on. So they always yeah. know to save it there. 
Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Spider-Man does does add some pressure to that. Get that brace burned out and maybe you can just force people into bad situations before you're starting the round with that key cable activation. Yeah. You know, you're like late in a round, you're like, you want to brace this thing from uh, Spider-Man or you want to save it for cable? Yeah. And so he, I like that a lot. He's also just surprisingly tanky. Maybe it's not surprising to people having trying to kill Miles and like him living much longer than people expect, but that same kind of rerolls just makes him survive sometimes when the opponent doesn't expect him to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I played a couple of games with him in shield and when I shield med packed him, people are like, fuck, you know, cause you're just, he's already taking more damage than you feel like a three threat should. And yeah, he's, he's just a really solid character. I think more people should be playing him. Um, speaking of characters that probably nobody's surprised about, you brought Logan. Obviously, you're you've got Fisk in here. It, like Logan synergizes really well with the X Force leadership. He, you know, getting to ignore cover on a key attack role is really big for him. Was there anything beyond kind of the obvious um, that made you want to play Logan? Uh, not really. I that's always kind of uh, Logan or uh, or Wolverine. And I like the consistency that Logan brings, especially with the throw. Um, again, want to control these more beefy boys, so the size threes. Uh, so the guaranteed throw was a thing I was looking for. Um, I, the rerolls synergize with the leadership well. Like a lot of the Wetworks leadership is just unlocking a skull so that other rerolls that characters innately have work. And he fits that bill. And that stuff's perfect for Logan, yeah. So Invincible Iron Man, um, this is a, I want to say really interesting pick, but I mean, I guess to a certain extent, it was kind of discussed. I think I heard Dizzard say it almost as soon as Iron Man came out. I think I heard Nigel say it. Um, It it definitely was something on my radar, but I never had a chance to play it before moving on from X-Force. How how did you like it? Like what, what situations did you bust out Tony? Um, and is this a, kind of a linchpin part of it, or is it a little bit more niche? Um, he's more niche. Um, his so the aforementioned twenty squad, um, I like especially into uh, the teams that bring Hulk on scoundrels, the, um, the Brotherhood and Avengers. Uh, the uh, he's also my my E specialist basically. So if you could use Dynamo in this slot, probably, but I liked the that he was he's kind of an answer to Dynamo, another character that can push Dynamo away, um, and just stop him from disrupting my attacks. Uh, the energy typing is is good. I don't have too much of it, um, and damage reduction just makes him beefier than people expect a back E holder to be. Uh, and then on top of all of that, he just doubles down on the rerolls, right? We have, you know, if you have a skull, you can reroll it out and then roll it again if it's still not a success. Um, and that comes in handy too. So he's just kind of this toolbox yeah. for narrow secures. Um, I wouldn't bring him on Fisk, uh, but I would play him on any E or Deadly Meteors, uh, depending on what the opponent is bringing. Nice. I like it. And then probably the the strangest pick <laughs> in your roster, you decided to go with uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. I always waffled a little bit on whether or not I wanted a five, um, but he was somebody who came up in discussion because he's got that move and scoot and shoot yep. sort of mentality, and he's got some uh, displacement that can work on opponents. Uh, what, what made you jump on Super Strange? Uh, I've played him a lot. Um, I've played a, a good amount of Convocation. Um, he's much more tanky there, but at least I know his play patterns uh, pretty well. He's often getting at range three anyway uh, to use the leadership well. Uh, so you can double down on removing cover and piercing someone. Um, I like the control he brings. I like that you can have uh, two range five attackers just sit back and pelt people coming in. Uh and a big part of this was I also wanted uh, the option to go four wide at 17 threat uh, because I only have one affiliated four right now in Psylocke. Um, I couldn't go 
for wide at at 17, uh, unless I brought a five threat. Yeah, that makes sense. And 17 is strangely a very weird threat level for X-Force. Yeah, they don't like it very much. And it's the, it's the five threat leader kind of problem, right? Yeah. Um, well, and like wanting to get in really key fours and yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a weird spot, yeah. but I can see why strange works for that. And then other characters I was considering for that slot were, um, were Hella and also just keeping Electra in, um, were characters I was considering. I'm really glad I went with uh, Supreme Strange, though. He's, well, he's the only character I never played uh, in the Invitational. Removing one of the four threats means I didn't need to consider, I didn't need to take time thinking about whether I wanted that character instead of uh, Logan or Psylocke, basically. Okay. Simplified your decision making. Yeah, it it just simplified that turn zero decision making uh, a little bit more. Yeah, it's tough when you're you know very rarely getting to play two of you know two of the fours. Being like, how many fours do I want to put in this list? You know that that complicates things a little bit. Um, uh, Not going to dive too deep into your tactics cards because I think most of them are super self explanatory. Um, but you did have the tenth one of sucker. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> did the, did you actually get to use this at all? Like, what what was the thought process? Uh, I've used it in in testing. I didn't play it at uh, the Invitational though. Um, the big thing there is for um, Ultrons. So if you can if you injure him and then sucker away most of his power and then kill him, he won't have the power to uh, use Age of Ultron. Uh, which is, I think everyone playing Ultron at this point is bringing Age of Ultron with him. Um, it also yeah. helps mess up, uh, deal with the devil plays. Um, and uh, the last option that I use it for is to drain power, just just having it to drain power off of someone that uses it a lot. So if you injure, go into a, a Cosmic Ghost Rider, injure them, uh, you can then try to drain as much power as you can from him uh, to stop him from getting crazy and following rounds. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess the one um, other tactics card I didn't want to talk about is that I do bring Helios laser with my invisible Iron Man. Um, and I like it over Stark Armory, which you could probably play in the same slot, but I wasn't looking to increase the output of my already very efficient characters. Um, what I really needed was a delete button I wa- if, for when I wanted to remove a character in a specific activation um, instead of just bolstering the entire team. And that can be really important versus Hulk, right? Yep. Where if you can just get that last eight or nine damage off in one activation as opposed to, well, I'm going to shoot you a bunch. Now you get one more activation. With a gajillion dice on every roll, that can just that can just be a huge deal. Yeah, so exactly that makes sense. So overall, at the Invitational, you um, you started off four and zero, and you had knocked out two Guardians players on your way. So I know I, I've definitely heard people look and go, "Oh, well, you know what." Well, what did the X-Force player lose to? And like, oh, well, they were knocked out by Guardians. So I, I think there's can be a little bit of an attitude at times where you just focus in on the loss and it's like, well, you know, are they really that good? You know, they're not holding up against, you know, Guardians. But you you knocked out two Guardians on the way. Yep. And if you watch the streamed game, even your loss was, you know, pretty close right like yeah. it, there's very subtle things that happen in that game that really could have swung it one way or the other um how do you feel overall about that x-force into guardians matchup uh i actually think it's pretty even um it's obviously both these teams are just trying to sling dice at each other so it is dice reliant but both teams have very consistent dice um, between, you know, everyone knows what Guardians can do at this point. They listen to your last episode, right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but um, X-Force is basically just as consistent with 
the leadership now unlocking skulls, and then basically every character has a way to re-roll their, uh, their dice themselves. Uh, so I think I took uh, some of my Guardians opponents off guard in that, like, Guardians is clearly the top attrition affiliation. They're kind of a bully, and they they might not have expected the opponent to actually be able to to punch back. Yeah, they kind of they kind of thought they were the apex predator and didn't realize that the 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 cheetah versus lion fight is a little closer than you might imagine. Right. Is yeah, is kind of what was going on there. Whereas you were you were ready for the brawl. You you knew what was going down. Yep. You knew how close it could be, and you just had to you know kind of stay in the zone and make good decisions. And and I mean, you knocked out Zach, and we all know at this point Zach's a fucking rock star. So it's just getting that far. I'm sure you were very happy to move on past that game. Yeah, I had um, I've played him at every LVO so far. Um, and I finally got oh, the win. I did not realize yep. that. <laughs> so, so he's won every game I've played into him so far. But I finally, finally got it, got him back. Uh, so that that felt pretty good. Um, but and you X forced him, and just, I and I you know, just yep. yeah. The yeah, nice. Uh, the end of that game was his uh, injured Bill with my uh, healthy Logan uh, and X twenty three left. Uh, I think is where we we ended up that game. A drag out, dirty, yeah. Slug we were fest. just, yeah, swinging, yeah. But then also, uh, you know, we we've talked a little bit about your loss, which maybe we can refer back to. But in the last round, you end up playing against Dayton, who's playing um, Avengers. So you have to like also play into you get out of the pure murder, and then you have to switch into kind of almost the polar opposite thing where you've got the scenario team that has a lot of anti murder tech, and then you're still able to come out on top of it. Um, and you know, that, that was two of my favorite people in the event getting to play against each other. Um, I like Dayton a lot. That's a, he's a cool kid. He's our next generation, but, um, how was how was the Avengers matchup? Is that something you felt comfortable with? Could kind of go either way. Um, it it felt okay. Um, it could probably go either way. There, he was bringing a lot of you know damage reduction characters, um, Luke Cage, Rhino, uh, sort of things to that I would have to chew through. Um, but yeah. Cable's pretty good at getting a bead on anyone on the board and I just was able to focus down Sam. Um, and so I dazed him in rounds two, KO'd round three. Um, and from there it just got a lot easier since he wouldn't have, ha- have the, the leadership to yeah, take, take the leadership away. Yep. And then suddenly that game is a, a lot different. And yeah, you, you just project a project a ton of, a ton of threat in that situation. And it's hard for Sam to stay alive. He, <laughs> You know, sure he can put up his shield, but beyond that, it's victim stats, right? It's three, 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 five health. Yep. Um, you um, know, regularly incinerated. Does not like being thrown at. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, I was I was trying to think more about that game. Um, I was expecting him to bring Hulk there, and he didn't. Um, so instead, Luke Cage caught a laser to the face, um, and. As it happens sometimes, yeah, Luke. Every once in a while, you just catch. Go get some coffee, buddy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that game. Um, the, there was a funny. I think it was round. It was round two or three. I think three, where I got really ahead on attrition. I had dazed or KO'd several models at once, um, but because of the scenario and how that played out. Um, he got the key days and he ended up scoring like five points to my two. I was like, Oh wait, I really have to make sure this following round that I don't just lose the game on points here, even though I'm very ahead on attrition. Yeah. Dayton wouldn't let that slide. You have to, you have to stay in, but keep keep Uh, the foot on the gas. Obviously. Yeah. Keep your, keep your, keep your foot on the throat. Even though he's a teenager, kids, no joke. (laughs) Um, all right, so 
you come out of this event, you're five and one, you're ranked fourth. You, you don't quite podium, but you're you're pretty fucking close. You, it came, comes down to which of the Guardians wins the mirror match with the exact same characters is how close you are yeah. to podiuming. Um, I mean, I think it would be fair to assume that you are comfortable and happy with your choice to play X-Force at the event. Yeah. Uh, best X-Force, kind of the only one. I think um, Aaron Franklin and uh, In someone, Young, yeah. I think they had X-Force options in their rosters. I think Aaron played one game. Um, yes, I believe that. that is true. But uh, yeah, I, I really like... I would have preferred to play against more web warriors because I'm more comfortable in that matchup than guardians. Uh, considering, you know, if you, you're looking at the most played affiliations, but uh, yeah. the ones in my bracket did not, uh, did not survive. So, uh, but I think X-Force has a really solid matchup into both guardians and webs, which are probably the most popular affiliations right now. That's fair. We'll we'll see if Webb stays as popular after this event because their performance was not great. Yes, I agree. We'll see. I still, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of um, the people trying to play the Webb's game switch to Hellfire. Um, they're a little more resilient. Right. Hellf- like I feel like Hellfire seems like kind of king of control right now. Like they're the kind of the top dog of that playstyle. Yeah, I think they're better at scenario into attrition teams, which is what um when the other like big third of the meta is doing that really well, yeah. they're they're better. But I think Webs is better into the other scenario teams. Probably, probably fair. I think I, I agree with you there. So you come out of this event, you obviously happy with your performance. This, I mean, going, going forth at the LVO Invitational is, uh, is a fucking accomplishment. So first off, congratulations there. Thanks. Um, are you, are you sticking with X-Force a bit afterwards? Is this something that you want to explore more? Um, I'll probably come back to them in a month when Bishop comes out. Um, Okay. I think he immediately takes the Supreme Strange slot because um, as the second affiliated four that I want to play, he fixes the four wide at 17, right? Cable, Psylocke, Bishop, and then a three threat. Um, nope, a splash four threat. Uh, yeah, that's where you would play, yeah. play Logan or Iron Man. Yeah, I think... Um, I'm excited to see what cards he comes with. One of them's extra affiliated. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying that. But for now, uh, I've actually been playing more Sentinels than anything else. Uh, that's what I, that's what I played in the affiliation battle on Friday and playing. I assume you got best Sentinels. I, you know, I did somehow, <laughs> uh, man, the real accomplishment of LVO, <laughs> man, I did go three and one with them. Um, and a core of, um, Sentinel Prime, Cassandra Nova and Ultron 2 felt very good. I think there's more there than, uh, people expect. And it's easy to flex at 19 to put in the new Red Skull and suddenly your Cabal instead. Uh, so that's kind of what, what I've been playing, um, I also painted up my Sentinels and they need to see the table more. So yeah, they're really cool looking models, but I feel like we should have put a disclaimer at the beginning. If we're going to talk X-Force tech and Sentinels tech, Nigel's going to have to change his pants partway <laughs> through this episode. Like there's just going to be a little too much excitement going on there. There's forewarning. Like he's, he's going to nerd out so hard. You're like, Oh, so, um, well, that's super cool. Uh, and so, obviously, I mean, you went affiliation battles, a slightly weirder format, but you're still going to face some pretty tough players. That's affiliation battles, basically just a bunch of invitational invitees, right? And and you felt like you were doing pretty well. Yeah, I think it, uh, I'm not sure who was invited in there, actually. At least one. At least one of my opponents was. Uh, there was. Oh, okay. That's, that's I, what I was I like. The yeah, field, though. The field is probably. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, if you're if you know you're not playing in the the deep losers bracket, you're either playing people that are beating people who are qualified or are probably qualified. So yeah, no no slouches there. Um, 
man, maybe I'm gonna have to ask you a few Sentinels questions when we get to the bonus episode. Sure. Because I'm I'm interested to say the least. Um but to try to keep this a little little X Force focused at the moment, um how are you feeling about them, kind of how they're positioned in the meta? Like we don't have to like break down a tier list, but you did well with them. Are you are you feeling like they kind of fall in the in the A tier? Or, or how how would you describe where X Force kind of sits relative to everything else? Yeah, I think I think A tier uh, lines up, um, especially when they have good matchups into the most popular things. Or what were the most popular things going well, into LVO? Right. I mean, if you can hang fifty fifty with Guardians, that's something that not a lot of affiliations can say right now. Right. Um, yeah, uh, the the good webs matchup. Um, the Hellfire games get get tricky, but past that, they have game into everything. There aren't any um, scenarios that they hate to see. Um, they're fine on D shapes. They're fine on E's as well. Um, so, you know, that's part of why, because they're fine on anything, that's part of why I was bringing the unpopular crises, right? It's, I'm fine on them. Can my opponent say the same? Yeah, totally, totally fair. Um, so yeah, I think I would probably also place them um, kind of, you know, if we're assuming that guardians is the S tier that sits mm-hmm. at the top that everybody else is kind of going, how can I dethrone these motherfuckers? Um, I, I would absolutely put X force. They, uh, it, thankfully, if I had bet, I would have bet that X Force makes the top eight. I wouldn't. I'm not sure if I would have bet that they made top four, but I had X Force as one of my eight that would have gone in. But honestly, if you had not brought them, I would definitely not have won that bet sure, yeah. because <laughs> nobody else was really playing them. So, uh, you, you know, you, you, you kind of defended a point that I felt in my heart, and so I, I appreciate that. Um. What do you think, like, if you've got someone out there who's listening to this show and they're thinking, okay, but everybody said X-Force has been bad for so long and I nobody else really seems that high on them, um, but it's not like you're an X-Force specialist. You play a bit of everything. You will play an affiliation for a couple of months or three months, yep. do reasonably well with them, and then you, you move on to a new challenge. Uh, what what would be your advice to someone who's like, okay, well you did well with them. Obviously they can't be bad and do that well in the invitational. What do you think the tricks or general advice to playing them that would help someone at least kind of get the ball rolling in the right direction? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they're very placement and movement heavy. Like, all yep. of these scoot and shoot, scoot and shoot, shoot. You're, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to leverage the innate extra movement on these characters to just get extra attacks in. So where other teams might have to double move to cross D shapes, um, or to get onto a, a different point, you're going to move and then spender or place or telekinetic combat enhancement to reach where you need to be and still get an attack in. Um, you're going to want to... So in a lot of ways, you're kind of taking... You you get more actions than probably a lot of other affiliations. Yes. Like, per, uh, yeah. you know, compared to the threat level. You you just get more actions. It's not something I agree with as soon as you kind of said it, but I didn't really have the words for it beforehand. So yeah, I think that's... You're just factoring like, hey, you, you have the action economy to just do a lot over the course of a turn. And use that to your advantage. Yeah. Yep. Um, what helped me a lot when picking them up were listen to Dizzard. Go find the Cable Guys episode uh, on here. <laughs> like that was great for figuring out how to position Cable and how to use Cable. Right. He's not the the change to his his gun really helps you play him correctly, and that you kind of want to be in the middle. Um, be within range three or within a medium throw of whatever you're attacking. Um, and sometimes you'll have to place first to get there. A lot of times in rounds, usually round three ish, you can 
attack throw first and then place yourself away to safety. Um, so keep that in mind, you know, just because you can body slide by one closer to someone doesn't mean you should. Um, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of playing this style of attrition is also finding the activations you want to prevent your opponent from having. Um, a a lot of times it'll be worth killing an activation, even if you'll lose priority, especially into more scenario focused teams. Uh, Cause a lot of times they want to go last anyway. Um, you know, webs want to go last so they can displace you off a point or, or, you know, same thing, hellfire or something like that. And so you can kill anyone to stop them from going last so that you can then make sure to tie a point or send in, uh, Logan or uh, Spectacular Spider-Man to get them off a point, right? Um, sometimes, so in a lot of situations like that, you you actually want to give up priority, even though you're the attrition team. Yeah, and that was a situation that I kind of it was a weird lesson to learn, right? Because I'm either either used to being the team that doesn't want priority, or I'm used to being the team that wants priority. Being a team that's kind of in the middle a little bit where sometimes you just really have to kill. Like you have to sometimes look at the situation and go, if I pull my foot off the gas and I give them this extra activation with this character, is that any better or worse than me giving them priority? Right. And sometimes you have to weigh those things a little differently than, than the other teams do. Um, and so I think that's a good shout out. Um, I am curious. It, one of the things I think is interesting, and I think this applies more to Deadpool and Cable than almost any other character in the game, because their action economy is not very far. And sometimes I feel like you have to make really smart decisions with that movement a turn in advance, right? Where sometimes you gotta, you almost have to place with Deadpool the turn before you want to get into melee range to sword someone, because one place wasn't going to get you there anyway. Right. Um, yeah. How do you have any guidance there in your games? Like, uh, how is it that difficult to figure out when you're like, oh, I'm already in range of every, everything, but should I should I still use the power in place this turn to potentially set myself up for a better position next turn? Yeah. I'm before you end their activations. If you haven't, uh, you know, used leg day or body slide by one consider using it see if you know you need to get out of range of someone that's going to kill you if you would rather be in a different spot for the next round um it's something to add to your mental checklist before you pass clock to your opponent um during their activations but also keeping you also got to just look at how much power you're going to have on these characters for those key activations. It's it's not an easy decision either direction. Yeah, the I found Deadpool usually generates like just enough. So something from playing enough Fisk uh, that I realized is that I don't even if my characters aren't stun immune, I don't super care about stun. A lot of these characters yeah. generate enough power just fine and they only need like between two and four to really pop off with whatever they're doing. Um, so once you like, once you reach that threshold, it doesn't matter if you're stunned. Uh, two power will just let you coast with whatever you need to do. That makes sense. So after the event, I know you're you're kind of switching off. You're playing other things for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did mention that Bishop would float into the Doctor Strange role. Is that mostly for that seventeen threat, or is there other synergies that you're seeing with Bishop that makes you you want to try that, or is it just new thing? Let's try it. See how it goes. Uh, a bit of all of it. Um, I like that they're. They're very similar models um, to me. They both have that reverse pierce, uh, which is great when you add cable shields on top of it. They're both medium uh, base, medium movers, so they're pretty fast. Uh, Cable's 
attack is a little shorter range, but you kind of want to get within three anyway for the incinerate and the leadership. Um, they both have displacement. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to on Bishop is the second affiliated throw. Um, having it's a good throw having someone else put pressure on brace uh is great or just displace basically anyone off a point um is huge i'm a little concerned about overload we'll see how that goes um i haven't had a chance to put them on the table yet i'm sure that feels i don't know if that feels worse in practice than it is or if it just reads bad um, and I'm, you know, there's two cards in that box we haven't seen. And according to the timeline stock, one of them is X-Force affiliated. Um, so I'm sure one of them can slot in for sucker. Um, and it's probably, if it's good, that's a good spot to put it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Otherwise, I think the rest of this roster has game into everything I need it to. Uh, I wouldn't change much else with it. I think this is, this is it. This is, I've reached where I want this list to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there's some subtle differences, but it's not that different than what I was enjoying playing as well. So, I mean, I looked down at this roster and be like, I I would fucking play this. Yeah. Um, Just uh, a little random, little random stat you were the only person in the top 14 players that did not have Hulk, Bill, or CGR. Didn't need them. <laughs> yep. Three, prob- potentially three best characters in the game. You don't need them. Like, And you're the only person in the top 14 that can say that. Everyone's got at least Bill or Hulk or CGR or multiple of them. Until we get down to like the 15th spot. Right. Yeah. Um also no dynamo which i know people are um concerned about yeah but you did say though that like dynamo like kind of competes with that iron man spot yeah. that very easily could be dynamo yeah, you could. um and that's not that weird of a uh, a shift there yeah like if you wanted to you could bring dynamo and bring your own e shapes um if you wanted to go that route but i'd rather um I'd rather not. I'd rather have yeah, movement think- be a little more impactful. Um, and sword, fisk, and meteors really exemplify that. Like, really, you get really rewarded for the extra movement you get. How did you feel about your crisis selection afterwards? Like, obviously, you're you're playing a lot of the stuff that nobody else wants to play. You're you're forcing people into. Uh, a lot of cards that are the the non-tradition yep. um but like let's take alien ship for instance it's not really x-force's favorite threat level um it's kind of it, it might be the weirdest choice in what is a weird mix of crisis to begin with did you like it overall is this something that you would definitely stick with or is it in consideration for changing um so I definitely like my secures more than I my extracts, but I also know that no one's going to let me play on my secures. Like everyone hates them. Every, everyone's taking yeah. their own secures into me. Um, and having lots of all the extracts on the midline um, really helps get the attrition ball rolling, especially with cat and mouse. Like cable can basically reach cat and mouse or um, eyes on the prize users um, because people aren't used to picking up and then walking all the way back to their deployment. They'll walk, you know, just shy of a D or B shape. They just don't want to be up front and cable can still reach those. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'll at least start putting some pressure on yeah. them. Alien ship. Um, so it's, you know, the midline that I like, I wasn't, I didn't put it back in until I made my until I slotted in bullseye to help the seventeen threat there. Uh, but the it helps into Hellfire Club, which is uh, one of the harder matchups, okay. because it makes that player think more about their leadership and when they have power. 
because they're generating more power that they risk exploding the alien ship more. The Kree course. Hmm. Okay. I definitely hadn't really considered that, but I can see how that's, that's certainly a factor there. Yeah. It, um, it used to be senators. And then when I've drawn senators into hellfire, it's just too fast. Uh, so I wanted something else okay. that slowed it down. You could probably play hammers if you really want to. Um, I like the extra, um, the extra extract on the midline that alien ship brings. Yeah. And I didn't feel the need to bring hammers. Um, I like not having to pay more for my tactics cards, especially defensive ones like exceptional healing. Um, so that's that's part of it. Yeah, or pretty sneaky. And it's a little bit of the same thing with Montesi, where the layout for alien ship is better. Montesi gives you the better threat level yeah. for X Force. Um, was that ever in consideration? Cause that was one I both liked, but then also took some really key losses on Montesi at WTC. Um, so I, I, I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. I don't like the shape. I don't like the, yeah. the E shape with the single, like I'm, if I have priority, I'm always bringing my secures. So my, I'm only going to have Montesi when my opponent has priority. So they get first chance at picking up the middle. And a lot of times, yeah people just default to some sort of safe grab and leaving. And I don't want to have to chase that much. Like, well, while these characters have the extra movement built in, a lot of them need to get into range three of opponents, right? So like Logan and X 23, especially want to walk attack at range three and then either place on the opponent or medium move. And so if I need to, if my opponents are out of walk and range three, that's makes it much harder to get the job done. Gotcha. So uh, obviously I, I ended up liking deadly legacy virus overall for X-Force. It's my favorite threat level for them. I'm curious if you ended up with any specific strategies you liked or which characters you like to use, because it is still a three, you know, three extracts. And so it can be a little bit of a weird scoring game. Any, any particular advice for playing deadly legacy with X-Force? Hmm. I'm trying to think if I, I would, I don't think I would usually cater my character selection to Deadly Legacy. It would be more about what the secure was and okay. the matchup. So um, if it's into a scoring team that's brought a D, I'll want to bring in Deadpool, Logan, Cable, obviously. Probably try to fit in Bullseye or Spectacular Spider-Man, kind of depending um on what fits based on whatever the point level is. Uh, Psylocke is also great there. And I just listed like half the rosters. So I'm not sure if that's really helpful. Um, but maybe, maybe not, but, but it, it yeah, it, it's especially when you lose priority, you want to dictate the matchups on the table. So you want to, so, because you're deploying second, you want to get beneficial matchups for your characters. So let's use a let's use a real world example. Yep. You're round three. You're playing against Gabe, I believe is his mm-hmm. name. Yep. Gabe, Gab. Um, and that game ended up being virus and sword base. So it was probably your secures, yep. but he probably also brought virus. And you played at 19. Yes. Um, what do you recall what your team was in this particular game? Uh, so this game, it was cable Deadpool X 23 domino bullseye spectacular Spider-Man. Ooh, nice. You actually, you went six wide in that. That's, that's cool. Did they, do you call what they played? Yeah, 19. They played... It was Star-Lord, Thanos, uh, Toad, Gamora, Nebula. I think that was their full roster. 
that adds up, right? Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that all sounds right. Uh, um, so that game, with I that, definitely got a bit lucky, but I had Spectacular Spider-Man pick up a middle extract that was behind a size four. Uh, he got fished by Thanos, punched once, uh, and then was in range for Gamora to walk, punch, pounce. Um, and after that, he lived on one. He full blocked the pounce. Uh, so he lived on one that round, which was huge. That's not like, yeah, it's huge. It's, I agree that it's huge. It's not that weird to survive that. And it's a six dice, a six dice and a, a size two throw. Um, like, yeah, I mean, with reality, napkin math rolls and yeah, deadliest I, woman, yeah. right? Oh yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose when you factor in, if I assume both of them had the Star Lord reroll, yeah. so maybe with that, that maybe without the reroll, my napkin math that I, but I the, give it a fifty. But then I also have defensive rerolls. I didn't get skull locked, yeah. right? Or at least, yeah. So I was factoring in the defensive rerolls, kind of, the, uh, but I, I didn't. I don't think I factored in the. Uh, the guardians leadership. So yeah. yeah, obviously that's, so that was going to be my core question is, is who, who, who goes to the midline in those situations. And I feel like a, a spectacular Spider-Man and Domino are probably your go-tos for that in that sort of situation. Um, this time it was spectacular Spider-Man and I think I left one. I think yeah, I you knew that, that this up. game wasn't going to score out. Yeah, yeah. I, I left one. He picked one up with Toad. And then I left the... So the, that were the left and right ones. Um, and then the middle one, I decided to leave because I knew whoever he picked up with it, Cable could just unload into because that's where he was positioned. Um, so I was yeah. fine with him trying to get that point. Um, round two was huge there where Deadpool... Uh, dazed Toad um, and in doing so was able to get the virus off of him and flip a sword point uh, which uh, was big. That was a big But not that crazy. Deadpool put Toad into the dirt. I've seen Deadpool's math in X-Force is actually really ridiculous. He makes three attacks in a lot of activations. Yep. Yeah, I did there. Yep. Um, (laughs) you know it's it's actually kind of crazy how often deadpool's making three attacks and and you know people uh, people are used just used to when you're falling back from a rapid fire attack people are used to being like okay i'm gonna get in cover and outside of range three and i'll be fine right except deadpool shoots at range four so i was still in range to shoot him with the the bang bang uh yeah which was a, a big deal yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's a good shout out. When fallback's on the table, you might be in range for the sword strike, but you might want to bang anyway, mm-hmm. just because uh, it it kind of hurts the the fallback play. So that's that's an interesting one. Yep. So, OK, cool. Yeah, I'm really glad we kind of talked about that game for a second. That was probably one that we talked about the least, but it just happened to be a deadly legacy virus. game. Yeah. Um, and so the last uh, the last extract um, all of a sudden, it's uh, you decided to play Paranoia, yes. which was something that was on my radar. Um, because I think sixteen is actually kind of a decent threat level for X Force. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, how did you like that overall? I like it. Um, I like the option of sixteen, right? Uh, better than seventeen, and I like how for most opponents it damages them immediately, and with my healing yeah. factor, it doesn't. It's usually be like yeah, if you have to play against webs or something, right? And they have yeah. to pick up one. You're like, well, now your miles is at four health. This is pretty yep. bad for you. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense that. Yeah. The it's, uh, I guess it's probably the third extract. I don't know. I, I like it into most teams. I don't like it into hellfire because they also usually don't care about yes. the extra damage, right? They heal it immediately. But um, if you can punish the gap between when they pick up the first one and pick up their second one and use the leadership, you can if you can try to like get that first extract holder. 
Um, it's yeah. very good. But at least in the Hellfire matchup, you're probably happy to force that game to 16 because your leadership is still just as good and the Hellfire Club yeah, it gets, gets worse. better kind of the higher the threat level is and the more that you can key, like fit in really key beefy characters. So, you know, being able to like, yeah. oh, well, you won priority. You don't want my secures. But now we got paranoia, but I can force you to choose 16 now. Yep. And that might that might still be OK for and you. And usually that's like four fours is kind of what they want to play because uh, yeah. they have to bring Emma and they usually want like Bill Rhino and if they have another four, they're forced to bring them. Um, yeah. And you can match at four wide uh, pretty well. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. So um, I did want to well, go overall. I didn't want to go back to what I was oh. talking, saying before about um, picking, picking the matchups when deploying. So like my rounds two was into Wakanda um, yeah. And he won priority, and he had both Panther and Mbaku uh, on the table. And because I was placing second, I could guarantee that I got the good matchups for into his two potential leaders. I could get Psylocke across from Black Panther, Panther, and Cable across from Mbaku. Um, so doing that is. I think figuring out how to deploy properly is, is a big deal when playing X-Force actually like getting those I characters 100% in the right agree. is important. Yeah. I would actually say that I prefer losing priority with X-Force. I would rather yeah. have the deployment advantage and the threat level choice almost every single time. I just like my secures and I know my opponents aren't going to give them to me. So I'd yeah. rather win prior, but that's yeah, just because yeah, I think yeah. they're more fun to play. Yeah. Hey, it's you like variety. That's that's respect. <laughs> so, uh, well, I hope the listeners got a lot out of this, and I was really surprised at how much I felt like the general attitude was that X Force wasn't that good. You know, I don't feel like a lot of people thought X Force was going to be something that they legitimately had to worry about going into the Invitational. Um, but I, I mean, we're really primed. I think this could be a really, really good year for X-Force. Yeah. I was surprised. I was the only one only playing them. Yeah. I was like, did nobody try out cable and Deadpool? These characters are ridiculous, right? Turns out when your characters get buffed, they're better, especially big buffs. But yeah, if we see a CGR nerf, I do not think it would be crazy to, to say that X-Force could move to the top with a CGR nerf. Like Guardians is still really good, so maybe that's a stretch. But yeah. If there's a decent CGR nerf, uh I I would not be surprised to see X-Force be a, a real force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I can um I could also see a lot of players who play Guardians switching over to X-Force as well if that if that happens if they don't want to play CGR anymore. Yep. Um the players who still want to play as tall as possible with a good leadership or are, are, they're going to stick with guardians. Right. Um, if they want to play like more Thanos or Hulk plus something else, but um, Hulk plus bill and star Lord. Right. But I think yeah. uh, people who like the attrition style, um, especially of going uh, maybe a little wider uh, would have fun in X-Force. For sure. Well, do you have any shout outs that you would like to do people that you want to thank? I know that you are not officially a podcaster yourself, but I like to still give you an opportunity to say anything that you would like to say. Uh, you do have a cool um, California community. Yeah, the NorCal group's uh, pretty good. I was uh, very happy with uh, our performance at LVO overall. We had, uh, let's see, five of the top eight were from California and three of those were NorCal players. Not bad. So pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah Dustin. Pretty reasonable. Dustin's a local of mine and also made it to the top four. We could have had a me versus person I play at game night finals. That would have been pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> alas, wasn't meant to be. But yeah. Uh, could you imagine the internet? It was like, it's a Mystique Brotherhood versus X-Force finals. Like the internet would have lost their fucking minds for sure. Yep. Yeah. It, it, um, 
it felt good to be, you know, the people's champion, so to speak, fighting off these, uh, yeah. the terrible guardians yeah. players. Um, you know, I appreciate everyone. the lions of the super bowl for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate everyone that like in the discord reached out or was cheering for me that, uh, felt great. And I, I loved it. Hope to do it again. Nice. Nice. You should, you should. Well, you got to do better next year. So that means podiuming, yep. right? I like, mean, that's yeah. I, I just have to go six and out. And that's the only way. Yeah. Forward. yeah. It's the only way to improve. All right. Well, I think this is a good spot to end the episode. Again, Alec, thank you so much for recording with me and sharing your thoughts on X-Force. I love it. You you know, insightful as usual. No problem. Happy to help. And for all the listeners, I will say the literal most OP thing that you could do is be the only person in the LVO Invitational Top 14 to not be playing Hulk, Bill, or CGR. Props to Alec. Later, nerds. Later.